0: It has been said that language was developed around the hunt. As humans became more successful at hunting, language became more complex. And we kept the tradition of language with meals, whether they are barbecues or friends, dinner parties, holidays, and of course, lunch gloves. So welcome to the great tradition of discussions during a meal. We will chat with all kinds of people doing all kinds of positive things. We will learn new views, share old ones, and maybe even laugh. Make yourself comfortable.
1: sounds like Matt, that last little bit. Don't know where that came from, but it sure sounds like Matt, uh, that little laugh that he does. And and I've got both of those guys that are waiting for me to bring them on, so I'm going to do that now, and we'll bring the uh, guy who created the laugh, first of all, and uh, that, that would be uh, Matt Shea. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> How
2: are you today? Just wonderful. Always happy to be here.
1: I'm, we're always happy to have you here. And speaking of which, the guy who is, uh, yeah. By the way, you guys did a great job the other night, and uh, and Eric engineered the uh, the show on Monday and did and uh, hosted it and did a great job with you, and it worked out really well. So with that, it's uh, Eric Hall is with us. Howdy. Hi. Thank you very much.
0: Good to be here. Good to see you guys.
1: And weather uh, and also, our friend uh, Kayla May, who is in terminal pregnancy, is might show up and say um, a word or two, or or comment and, and chime in because this this particular topic that we're going to talk about today. Well, I'm I'm going to let Eric take the lead on this one because uh, he brought it to the table, and I think it's a really really good topic to be uh, to be talking about today, Eric.
0: Well, uh, homelessness is uh, an issue out there. And I will say probably one of the most major issues that just about every large city is facing. And there's a lot of reasons to approach this because it's not just an indicator of one problem. It's an indicator of multiple problems. Uh, for instance, I'm just going to read uh, the causation of homelessness off of uh, homelessness in And this is a terrific website because you can actually donate, you can register to vote, you can stay involved, you can uh, put in your name and address, and they'll send you organizations if if you want to spend some time, volunteer some time, they'll send you people in your area. It's a terrific uh, uh, website to understand what's going on. But here it is. Uh, Why are people homeless? A lack of affordable housing and the limited scale of housing assistance programs have contributed to the current housing crisis and homelessness. Recently, foreclosures have also increased the number of people who experience homelessness. The National Low Income Housing Coalition estimates that the 2017 housing wage is 21 and 21 cents per hour, exceeding the $16.38 hourly wage earned by the average renter by almost $5 an hour. And it greatly exceeds and greatly exceeding wages earned by low-income renter households. In fact, the hourly wage needed for renters hoping to afford a two-bedroom rental home is thirteen dollars ninety-six higher than the national minimum wage of seven twenty-five. So, there's a there's a long gap in the numbers, and we're not talking. We're not talking about just uh, you know the casual guy that uh, had too many drinks and and couldn't make his rent, got behind, got behind, got behind, and all of a sudden he's out on the street. We're talking about families. In fact, there are housing and urban developments point in time count. This is from 2016, and it's gotten worse since then. And we're waiting for the numbers to come out. And uh, we may even locate numbers before the end of the show today. But this has been... Uh, the numbers have increased since 2016, but HUD housing and urban development, their point in time count of 2016 found 549,928 individuals to be homeless on a single night in January, 2016. And most of these homeless persons, 65% are individuals while 35% of homeless persons are in family households, meaning that there's, you know, mother and daughter out there. That's another issue because quite a number of homeless people are uh, domesticated violence uh, victims where they have to just leave the house and they grab the kid on the way out. And thank God there's several programs out there, but not everybody knows about them. Not everybody can access them and they end up on the streets and they have a number of kids out there trying to go to as grade school, kindergarten, and they're living in cars and they're living in bushes and trying to portray as kids. Cause we know how kids are. We were all kids once. If you're not wearing the cool shoes, you could get picked on. I understand things are a little better these days, but it could still happen. Now, the number of families experiencing homelessness has increased significantly from the past years. For example, in 2013, only 15% of homeless persons were in family household 31% of all homeless people were youth under the age of 24. Close to forty thousand veterans were homeless on a single night in, t- in January two thousand sixteen. Sixty six percent were residing in shelters or transitional housing programs, while thirty three percent were without shelter.
1: I would like I would like to throw a couple of numbers at you since I I look at numbers because yeah. you know I I pay my bills and my family. If you are say you're as an example you're living in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. or or, or uh, Arkansas, or Georgia, or some of the places that don't have high rents. And, and like in Arkansas, you can buy a very, very nice house for about $450,000. And it can be lakefront property with snakes and all that kind of stuff. But in any event, um, if you're making minimum wage at seven twenty-five an hour, and those folks make minimum. That is a national minimum wage, and they haven't gotten up from there. We live in a state that happens to uh, be a little bit more progressive than that, thank goodness. But can you imagine working 40 hours a week, 40 hours a week, <coughs> and grossing $1,160 a month before taxes? Um, that would take it down to somewhere it's in the neighborhood of a, uh, probably about $1,000 a month. Now, even in a a rundown cheap um apartment complex in, in those areas it would still be about eight hundred dollars a month i defy you to live on two hundred dollars a month to pay for food gas uh, uh um, um electric bill water sewer garbage all that stuff and have and not deficit spend i don't know how you do it well and then we,
0: see that that brings up the issue of economics behind homelessness because we're talking about how we structure economy based on uh, labor and uh, economic demands uh, supply chain and who's buying what the consumer the consumer economy is partly responsible for our economic system right now we we don't really um, because of uh, the way capitalism is set up and quite rightly, there's great things about capitalism, but the way capitalism work works, it benefits uh, fewer and fewer people, fewer and fewer people as we seem to move along rather than, rather than benefiting more and more people. Because, you know, obviously there's that solution out there. Well, they should get another job, get that second job, or they should have got an education. This brings us back to where It's been offered up that uh, people go to school for two years of community college, because let's face it, the demands of the workforce these days are quite different than the demands of the workforce in the 70s when you guys and I grew up. You know, computers weren't a thing back then. They were they were a little bit sci-fi. There were some people out there using them. Uh, people were talking about the possibility of cell phones because we all remember the 1980 Olympics uh, when the hockey team beat Russia and, and the whole crowd was on those big ass uh, military phones calling all their other well, wealthy friends. You know, that was a great scene. But the fact remains now that little phone that used to be this big has gotten this big and more complex. And you and I and Matt and every probably everybody listening to this podcast relies on that phone. So you have to have a good amount of computer skills compared to that person in 1970, 1975, 1980. We know how to use a computer far better than those people. And I can guarantee, and Kevin, you're pretty technologically savvy because of what you do. But if you had to go work at Microsoft, you probably wouldn't be in the, in the groove, right?
1: My nephew is a computer geek.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When he and I communicate, I asked him one time, <laughs> we were sending that down to dinner and I asked him one time, so what exactly is it that you do? And he said, well, I, and then I did not understand a word he said after that for the next 10 minutes as he described what it was that he did. Yeah. And and he knows 10, by the way, for those of you that do not know, there's something called code. And there's uh, many different languages of code that you have to learn in, and you have to speak fluently in order to be able to, to create websites and to do stuff.
0: And these and, languages are as complex as, as English that we're talking now.
1: Yeah. And, and so he has to learn. He's always in school learning how a different language, a newer language, they're always changing and stuff. I tell you, I cannot have a communication with that kid because, what well, kid, he's 40 years old now. <laughs> and the sad thing is he is now aging out. Yeah, he's not as good or smart as the kids that are coming up that are 20 and 25 because that's all they know
0: and they work cheaper
1: and and they work cheaper that's also true yeah, um you know and he he does well but it's you know when we're talking about homelessness it is yes we have our our drug problems and stuff but a lot of it has to do with the educational system that we have and a lot of people that can't you know, I, when I was a bus driver, I used to somebody would would say, um, what time do we get to this stop? And I said, "Well, you know, I got schedules right back there." And he said, "Well, and he would say, "Well, can't you just tell me?" The reason is he could not read the bus schedule. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if still... you can't
1: read, you can't work. Yeah. If you can't work, you you're homeless. Well, thank God that's just uh,
0: thank God that's probably a low percentage of people out there although they exist and that's why we have programs but there are so many people out there that are hanging that have general skills equal to you and I uh, out there that just cannot get work that will pay for housing and working multiple jobs is an unrealistic demand Kevin I know you put in long days and Matt I know you put in long days because these are works of passion right you're passionate about what you want to do but i know very few people that are looking for a job that are passionate about that job and that changes your mindset you know they do sincerely want to put a a roof over their head because i meet those people all the time that are on the street and they're just looking for an opportunity and they can't get them and I know for a fact that we see these stories all the time people that get a break from friends people get a break from their workplaces they're diligent and they pull themselves up by the works work uh by the bootstraps and they get back into the grind you know but it's not because they're passionate about uh washing dishes or or uh waiting or or uh, cleaning up uh, uh, an office, you know, it's not that that uh, makes them passionate about the job. It's passionate about keeping a roof over their head.
1: Now, Eric, I've got a statistic that's going to surprise you. Yes. And, and by the way, the reason that I disappeared is because apparently I'm not as computer literate as I'd like to think I am <laughs> because I, <laughs> I killed myself. Oh, uh, according to my uh, national statistics, there are 32 million adults in the United States of America who cannot read.
0: 32 million that can't read.
1: 32 million people in the United States cannot read.
0: That just sounds impossible to me. Does it break down the demographics?
1: Let me look and
0: see. Because Is are it, these yes. are these people that are um, immigrants that immigrant can't read English? Are they people that got through our school system and could, still can't read? Are they people that just stopped going to school? And you know,
1: I believe I I would guess that it is people that uh, um, just did not. Well, I <laughs> I lost that one too. But it was, But the, the headline was thirty two million people, and and. So, and Matt, I really would like your opinion. You're awfully quiet over there.
2: Well, I'm marveling at you too. And here's why. I worked inside a factory. You worked in and throughout the city. So on a daily basis, homeless to the left, homeless to the right, wishing them best as they come and go. I was kind of, you know, in a little spaceship out there. You guys are in the mainstream of where the homeless are. So you lived it on a daily basis, and you two are perfect for this theme. Well, why? Thank you, sir. So well, are you, though? Yeah. Because,
1: because Matt, you worked your you worked very hard in your life, and you were a teamster, and you drove truck, and and you did a lot. Which, by the way, um, we are down twenty thousand truck drivers. Yes. In, the, in this country. And that's why one of the reasons why we are having people are not there to get the groceries to the store to stock the shelves with it.
2: Well, I was a I was a mill operator and a warehouseman for my 32 years. And then when I retired, I fell back on my combination license and for kicks went around the country doing long haul. And I loved it. It was very hard for me to stop that. I I'm still licensed. so I could go anytime if I wanted to. But we have a little homeless story I'd like to share. And I spoke to Eric earlier about this. We get people that would come in the plant and kind of help us work, even though they weren't employed by us, but showing that they would like to anything just to get in. And and I actually respected that, but it was illegal for them to do that. We had a guy who was hanging around and he got on company property and he was living out of his truck. So we kind of looked the other way. They hired him, the guys donated a series of extension cords, so eventually it led to the back of his pickup truck, and somebody donated an old black and white TV. Somebody took a piece of wood and burned in it, home sweet home, and put it on his tailgate. It was kind of cute, but when they needed an extra hand, they'd knock on that truck, and within 20 minutes, he'd be on the floor ready to go and everything, and so it worked out. The guy worked himself out of being homeless, and then he met a nice gal in the neighborhood. They got married happily after. ever after. The gal had a few daycares. They were suddenly making over 300000 a year, and they were on Northwest today. But homeless, living out of a truck, the guys helped out. He was Johnny on the spot. Whenever they needed somebody, he was there in moments. And we have a success story. It happened.
1: Well, as a matter of fact, one of the reasons that we're talking about this today is that in the second hour, we have a young lady by the name of Gail, uh, I believe it's Martz, and she is uh, she was homeless for a period of time and was really down on her luck, had a, had a wonderful idea, took the idea, made it a business, and uh, has made a, a great business out of it and has done very, very well. It can happen. Yes, it can um And that that is one of the things. That's one of the cool things about America, is that you're not going to be held down um by. Uh, well, then no, I can't I can't even say that. I would have liked to have said by circumstance and by by your your. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it,
2: man. During the Great Depression, who went on to be my grandfather's best friend, was a man named Bud who was homeless, came off the street. Grandfather saw the dignity, hired him. Doug went on, uh, he went on to be the best worker he ever had, ever. And then when grandparents got old, Bud and Lucy took care of my grandparents until their dying day. But it worked that way. You believed in me. You took me in. I lived up to it. I went beyond. And in your golden years, hey, we're family. I took care of you. But that's who his best friend in life was, a man off the street he took a chance on.
1: I would like to bring up an interesting point that Matt just pointed to. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, what is your guys' impression of the work ethic of the American people right now?
0: In my opinion, it has not changed. It has never changed. I will say there's a, a difference in, in approach, like when we were in World War II and the women had to change their lifestyles, get into the workforce. There's a certain empowering factor of that and also a kins, kinship that was developed because of that uh, everybody working together. So there was a thrust forward in understanding that uh, it takes everybody to work together. But as far as the individual work ethic, I don't see any evidence that that has changed because we still enjoy all of the technological breakthroughs, all the inventiveness, all of the creativeness, all of the new approaches to how we do business. Like uh, the rise of Amazon is indisputable. That's been within our lifetimes. Uh, Microsoft, that's been in within our lifetimes. Uh, uh, Vehicles. Vehicles. Tesla, that's indisputable. Um, so there's these new approaches and this is all, those are all American companies. So the American work, the American worker has not changed. What's changed is the split in the American viewpoint.
1: What do you mean by split?
0: Well, as you know, unions built this country. Correct. That was the greatest generation was when we enjoyed uh, union people that worked together and, and just about everything. In fact, I remember commercials when I was growing up, uh, of the union built by the union, you have people walking and marching in the streets, all that kind of stuff. And they had this great, uh, great, uh, song. You never hear about unions except in bad ways. There's, you know. Um, unions are bad they raise costs Uh, they keep people from doing what they want to do the freedom to work act you know all these negative things that uh, we've gotten away from people working together is not viewed the way it once was now what's interesting to me about that when you look at uh, Japan or China And you work for that company for your whole life. You're part of that company. So much so you get there at uh, whatever the designated time, 7 a.m., and you do calisthenics with everybody. And then everybody's kind of dressed the same. You break up and you go do your jobs. But everybody's pretty much treated equal. They may get paid different because they have different levels of responsibility. But the social structure there is all about the teamwork. We are going to accomplish this in whatever period of time it is the american workforce is facing political uh, opposition uh, politically and that's harmed in my opinion that's harmed the workers stance because as you know the unions have been uh, pushed down for you know decades and that's part of our uh, economic issue with
1: homelessness Matt, you're and, education. Yes, and education. Yes, I do. At the beginning
2: of the show, Eric, we were talking about work and passion and how things have changed. Yeah. But it used to be when a person committed themselves, dedicated. They had the passion for what they were doing. Yeah. Now the passion is whatever's out there. I need a roof over my head. Yeah. It is obvious that our work ethic has greatly diminished as a country because many people find other ways to tap from the system instead of contributing to it and be more self-sacrificing. A few generations ago, the unions and everything, those were people who bonded together to move forward. I would like to use the Empire State Building as an example. That was a project during the depression. They ordered something like, was it 10 million bricks? Something like that. And in the main lobby, they have one brick in a, velvet case because that last brick didn't have to be used they ordered correctly one to spare and then also the job was done well within the budget and it was also done early american pride
0: that guy's a maestro man one brick.
2: yes but anyway (laughs) that's what this country used to be and today it's um the handout or i'm not going to get involved or try and then we still have those with the dignity just give me that job that career that one chance. Well Somebody, so what
0: in your opinion what caused the american workforce to drop? If it wasn't the declining because the they were
2: allowed to by who? by society, by law. We have it now when people commit homicide they become famous later. They're on the streets. You get people who sue law enforcement even though they were the ones who committed the infraction in the first place. We got so liberal, we're not that strong country where we're on the same page, abiding by the same rules.
1: Well, I, <clears throat> then, well, first of all, I would like to, you know, I hear this a lot, uh, principally from the my Repub- my Republican friends or my conservative friends. That's I what would, I am. I know. But yeah, I would love, love for you to be able to tell me When you say that people are taking a handout and they're getting rich off of it and so they don't have to work, you're going to have to prove that because I don't believe that to be the case.
2: I've worked with union workers, guys I worked with. After work, they would step outside and pretend to be the other half, the ones without. So they are greatly um, hurting. They're taking advantage of it. I've had neighbors living with mom and dad, and then that's what they did, and they would turn down job offers. And that's not everybody. That's not even half of it. But tragically, we have a percentage of that mix in our society because it's what Reagan said about he came up with the term truly needy. Truly needy, help each and every one of them.
1: Um, how How much does someone make on welfare?
2: I do not know.
1: Well, then before you start talking about stuff like that, you better find out.
0: I'm going to I'm going to back Matt up a little bit with a different theme on this, because we're talking about the about character. And character is definitely part of the workforce, because I will support you in that. And my point is that the unions have been dismantled because of political reasons. And you may come up with uh, the point that they've dismantled themselves because people find. Other ways to not work, which takes us away from performance at work, which everybody really, I truly believe they do as well as they can when they're there. Now, we also know that there are probably the best way to become a millionaire or billionaire is to do some shady things. <laughs> and we, you know, am I right? Because yeah. we know, we know of uh, a number of uh, higher ups that aren't good at paying their bills uh, on their way up and, and they'll have people perform work for them and say, well, I'll see in court and that small business person, they can't afford a lawyer and go to court to win this. And this person, you know, did eventually become president of the United States. And there's all kinds of wealthy people that do shady things. So the wealth factor is no different from the other people that are you know, getting off of work and going out and uh, uh, panhandling afterwards. That's a shady character right there. And I agree with you, Matt. That's a problem of our society. But I don't think that's the reason why the unions have gone down. I think the unions went down because the nature of capitalism is the bottom line profit. And to not to keep those profits up, you have to keep labor costs down. Because you're not talking about just the guy that owns the company sitting uh, sitting on his nice house, driving a nice car. We're talking about the investors who also own those nice houses and those nice cars that also want a piece of that property because they put in some money, which, of course, they're entitled to. But there's a certain balance that has to be involved and has to be honored. And because of our competitive nature of everybody always wanting to win, get the upper hand, we don't always honor the people that do the equal amount of work as we should. And this is why I was talking about the Japanese and the Chinese and the companies that get together and talk about the court of spree, getting their working out together and they going off and doing their jobs. They still have that sense of court, court of free, that we do not
2: have. Yes. Something that really offends me is that you could have a housewife working her 40 hours at a fast food place because of the family. The moment an American is paying taxes on a 40 an hour paycheck, they should get that American dream. They should have the guarantee that there is a light and that that is going to get them to their retirement one day.
1: But that is not capitalism. That is, sir, is socialism. Yes, and that is.
2: And I am not a socialist. However, I like that part a little bit. The person who's continuously working, paying taxes, but it's towards minimum wage, they should have a trade off where they're going to get there too, like the rest of us.
1: I agree with you. Now Kayla says that I believe the price of living is too high. Hence why the number of homelessness all around have gone up over the years. We are divided. And this is why I love this child. We are divided and need to realize that we are all one. Uh, And she also adds, and this I don't know, uh, people on welfare make a lot. And a lot is handed to them when others work their asses off. I think people need to get food. Get, I think people getting food stamps. We don't pay sixteen cents for bags, like the others that don't have it. That's where is the logic in this? I don't know. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you a story though. I have either of you guys worked in the restaurant industry? Yes. Um, when I was in the restaurant industry in the eighties. Uh, Ronald Reagan was president, and he gave amnesty to all the illegal aliens. Do you remember that? Yeah. Matt? Yeah. And, uh, and so if you had papers, you could work. Um, I was the uh, general manager of the uh, Garcias and Redmond, and we had what we called, politely, the Mexi- Mexican Pipeline. <laughs> we had we had guys in the kitchen that were mexican nationals i had a bus boy who had been and was when he was down in mexico the principal of an elementary school he was a bus boy here he worked 80 hours a week sent one paycheck home and for his family and then uh, lived on the other paycheck and uh um so when i i got transferred to federal way and they had uh white kids from the neighborhood washing dishes now in a Mexican restaurant I don't know if you've ever washed dishes in a Mexican restaurant but I can't think of anything worse than that it is gross it is greasy and it's a mess I could not keep a a white American kid employed as a dishwasher because they would leave in the middle of their shift I believe that here's the
0: average the average person in Washington Seattle area it's $569 for a family of three to feed people for a month. That's welfare.
1: And that that is if if there are people that and, and I you can you can feed somebody, but you certainly can't live in a place for that. It's
0: $569 what? for three people to food. Does Washington State have welfare? What is okay? 1856 would be a livable wage they say.
1: 18.56, 1856 so. an hour?
0: Yeah, I don't know what uh for full-time individuals that doesn't include expenses for restaurants, entertainment, and vacations. That's that's just the minimum amount of money needed to live above the poverty threshold.
1: For one so, person is
0: 1800? Um $18.56 per hour,
1: which you may which gives you let me do the math on that real quick um the math on um the math on that today is 1856 this is actually a good exercise for us to do for our listeners yeah times 40
0: and i'm looking up how much um... that's 742
1: a week times 4.5 that is 33 Hundred dollars a month as a minimum that you need to, be able to to make in order to, and that makes sense because you take twenty percent out, yeah, times point eighty, um, and that's that's twenty that's net of about twenty six hundred seventy two dollars. So you take out rent, which is um, an average of fifteen or sixteen hundred a month, and that gives you less than a thousand dollars to live on um and that's that's if you're working 18 making 18 bucks an hour there are a lot of people that are making 15 which is 700 and something a month or a week
0: i'm looking for the average uh, welfare check in washington i'm not quite coming up with anything
1: (laughs) yeah well you're doing that and let me finish my story and that that is that uh so when i went to federal way we developed a mexican pipeline the difference was So I hired a guy, and he couldn't speak very very good English, but he was a work guy. So after one night, he called me, or he came over to me and said, senor, I would like to have my friend come work with me. And I said, great, I'll hire him. You're you're doing a really good job, and I'll hire him. So he he brought his friend in, he trained him, and then uh, um, a week later, they came to me and said, senor, Get rid of the white guy and pay us an extra dollar an hour and the two of us will do the work of three. Oh my god. And I said, "Absolutely. You 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 got it, man." You. And and then uh, two months later, the same guy came to me and, and they did a fabulous job. The place was cleaner than it had ever been ever. They're hard and, people. And at one point in time on a Friday night, I saw the two of them in the dish we call it the dish pit. Um, in the dish pit, everything was clean. All the dishes were done. Everything was stainless, was spotless, and they were leaning up just having a conversation <laughs> because they got ahead of the game, the two of them versus the three of them.
0: I love but, it. See, that's good work. I then, love you know, that.
1: Yeah. And then a guy, then that same guy, two months later, came to me and he said, uh, uh, Senor, I said, yes. And he said, I have to go to Mexico for a couple of months. Here's my friend, Jose. He'll take my job while I'm gone I'll train him for nothing and get him up to speed and so that I can go to Mexico so that's what he did he trained the guy he did just as good a job he went to Mexico he came back two months later and they switched it out they they, they did work ethic they had a, they had a tremendous work ethic they were appreciative of uh, of what they got and uh, um, and and were willing to work for it. Um, that
0: does that does make a difference, you know. We talked about that character that uh, runs through the whole stream.
1: Yes, Whether I like how he
2: falls of that no good white guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it, I can that say that. that <laughs> well, the the, 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 white was,
1: guy. Is the kid was was a high school junior or something, and he had never he they, they he had never had to work. His parents had a nice house and, yeah. and this was, he was working for Friday, Saturday night, spending money and stuff. And there were things that he just wasn't going to be willing to do because he'd never had to do it in his whole See, life.
0: I watched it. I love washing dishes. I, I, it sounds weird, but, and uh, buddy, I, of mine that I work. With. Both of us are white, by the way. We worked through high school. What? And yeah, we—I was white, but I was born a poor you, white oh, kid back
1: then. Now you're Indian.
0: Now, yeah, I was born a poor white kid. Became an Indian later on in life, which is another. You advance. You want. But, up there. <laughs> that's right. But I, I did find what is an average welfare check. Welfare payments vary by state, but the average family of four in the United States can receive as much as. $900 per month. For a family. Single, yeah. A single person may receive as much as $200 per month. Now, obviously, it says it varies state by state. And I imagine. Now, and Kayla,
1: and Kayla's state. right. In in that, in the state of Washington, because welfare isn't paid very much, they make up the difference via food stamps in some cases. So uh, people have Sixty-nine dollars <coughs> So, matt go ahead
2: in college i was dating this gorgeous thing who was definitely out of my league i was from a different neighborhood she was a freshman when she caught on a course i went to the wayside but her family didn't like me but at the time i was holding three holding three jobs i was working pepsi cola warehouse a dr pepper warehouse and then i was a casual for north american airlines Her dad was a prominent dentist. He didn't like the stigma of me being from poor Beacon Hill and doing these labor jobs. And one day the family sat me down and they asked me, how come our sons won't work? And I said, you retired them when they were in high school. They all got cars when they needed money. You would hand them a lot, a nittle. This was a beautiful home. They have their own. This is a hotel. They don't have to go any further. What I'm hoping to achieve one day, they had it before they graduated from high school, and they were never cut off. Well, that, that is why your kids are not K- working.
0: Kayla, I would love to see the um, the information that you've got. If you can find that article, find that information, and send it. Please uh, put it in the private chat. Let's well, win more than six. So send it. Um,
1: please look it up and send it. So family of four, that would still... A family of four, even with $900, let's say they, they get $900 a month, Yeah, that still is only $1,800 a month that they have to live on a family of four
0: Yeah,
1: and, and pay for rent. And, and we started off talking about homelessness, and that, that is a key indicator of why there is homelessness, because people can afford to eat. You know, could you imagine, we live in America, the finest, in my opinion, one of the finest countries in the world, and there are 18 million people that are going hungry, and we're, and there are people in our country that are, and maybe it's a fault of their own, could be, um, but they are having to make a decision as to whether to live in a place or eat. We shouldn't be in that position in this country.
0: No, we shouldn't, and healthcare too. We haven't even talked about the cost of healthcare. Oh, you healthcare, healthcare is also another factor of homelessness. That's also a statistic in there, and that's what caused my homelessness. Was paying medical bills. Fortunately, that was only about six months, but nonetheless, you know that was one of the issues that I faced. And fortunately, I had a station wagon, so I could actually sleep in that. But that's an issue, and there's a statistic of people that cannot afford. They either have to choose food or choose uh, medicine, and right. a lot of these are seniors and vets.
2: Kevin, yes, sir. England, Kevin, and Eric, England and Canada, their package covers all the medical. Your opinion on that package?
1: I have not. I have not had the opportunity to experience the Canadian system. I have talked to um, a number of people. And I've talked to some folks in uh, England as well, and they, they think that we are some of the dumbest people on the planet because they can go have an operation and walk out and not owe anybody a dime. Now, yes, are their taxes high? Yes, they are.
2: 50% uh, almost.
1: Yes. But do they get taken care of? They, their college is paid for. In, in, in a lot of the systems, their college is paid for, their medical is paid for. Um, so those things in life, they consider it a, they're a, a, um, a right, not a privilege.
0: Well, they're, they're getting more money than we do. They get to keep more of their own money than we do. Because once we pay for medical, education, our housing, we're paying more out of yes. our pockets than if we simply paid taxes, because taxes, of course, work like uh, an insurance company. The more people that you have paying into the system, the lower the cost of that insurance premium is, correct? Correct. So if we had everybody in America contributing to a single-payer system, however that's worked out, it would cost each person less, even though it's on the tax side, it's no longer on the, our personal side. And here's the other point. During the greatest generation, a lot of those people were supplied health insurance through work. That was part of the expectation. Right. You got health insurance through work. I remember that when that changed back in the 70s. And Matt, this might also be part of the decline of the workforce because it's so difficult to go to work and know that you're just going to struggle.
2: Yes, I agree. You know, you're going to get a of? low
0: paying job. Yeah, you're going to get a low paying job. You're going to work uh, your ass off. You're not you're still not going to be able to afford uh, uh, health insurance and all the food that you need. Um, so maybe there's a better way out because that person has to provide for the family. Myself, my mother had a plan to her least. I feel wrong. I have his family, two kids, too do you have the statistics you, you said people get a lot of money on welfare kayla do you have those uh, statistics somewhere that'd be great if you could find those send it because i only found that people were getting a certain amount i think we had 900 average across the country but if you've got other information i'd sure like to see it
1: and kayla does it for those that uh, maybe can't read it or are not i i have food stamps for my two kids and myself living with my mother if I add a new child, which she's going to, it will add up to another $200 at least. I feel it is wrong because an average single family with two kids and two adults can sp- spend 300 or less on food a month. You're a really good shopper if you can do that. Um, I, we used to spend $100 a week in the 80s. Um, but but uh, Kayla, Kayla's very inventive.
0: And she's got a garden. Yeah, that's her heart she's got a garden so she's able to do that and that's probably the better way to be feeding yourself anyway growing as much of your own food as you can they suggest that to everybody these days if you can grow whatever amount of food you can do that it's going to be healthier and better for the environment anyway
1: and there there is the other the other aspect of our society that uh that a lot of people don't want to talk about when they talk about homelessness and and the tax base and where a lot of our money is going and um when we are spending more on the military than the next 10 highest countries combined um that that tells us that we aren't we're not we're not we're we're working to keep our people and the world safe from somebody um but we're not we're not helping so somebody and something um, but we're not um, taking care of the basics and it's always been that way ever since World War II because prior to World War II and Matt can tell you prior to World War II the defense budget was very small and we only had going into World War II we only had like 300,000 soldiers totally
0: yeah we had That's to gear that. it up big time during World War II man and it worked that worked. Yes. yeah that worked
1: and it 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 grew, and then and then coming out of World War II, we had uh, people that were um, working, and the unions were stronger. The work uh, environment was a little bit better than it is today, and and then of course the unions got all fancy pants and decided to do some things that got them into trouble, like Jimmy Hoffa and <laughs> and some of those things that. Yeah, thanks,
2: Jimmy. We needed that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there, there was a reason why he ended up in a in a concrete building somewhere.
2: No, he ended up, he ended, I won't get into it, but Frank the Irishman took credit. That was his bodyguard.
0: Oh, yeah? The bodyguard? What the they houses? did
2: was he wouldn't go anywhere. You know that book called I Heard You Paint Houses? No. That is mafia. Painting houses means a person's blood. You committed homicide in the building. Then they also say we also uh, rearrange furniture, meaning they dispose. They're talking code. His bodyguard was a big mafia also who was given the ultimatum to take him out. And so they had it all arranged, and it was done quietly. And then down the street was a crematorium waiting. And that's how they did it. And by the end of the day, he was there he snow. was. Yes, he was
0: snow by the end of the day. Yes. That's poetic.
2: You know, initially... <laughs> We are showing compassion for those who are homeless, a victim of circumstances, and to give them a boost, encouragement, to inspire. that That's the theme of this show, actually. We hate it when we get crossfire of people um, being underhanded because it is a real problem. And this country is too great to let it exist at the level it is. And that's well, what made
0: this country great.
1: I, I will. T- I will take it. There's a gentleman that I know. He is in uh, um, Norway. Um, he's been on the show a couple of times. Um, this. This is. A, he's a great singer songwriter, and uh, um, in Norway, they have compulsory service after high school for two years. What is that? That means that all the kids. Instead of going and standing on a street street corner because they refuse to flip burgers somewhere, which is—I don't know about you—but I started as a graveyard dishwasher at Denny's. Um, but they they refuse to to do the work that you start out doing. Um, but in in Norway, you have got compulsory military service for two years. Germany
2: does that, and so does Israel. Yeah. Everybody does it. I'm a huge fan of that.
1: Yeah, what you get are 20-year-olds that have a taste of life different than the 20-year-olds that are here because they've had it so dang easy in a lot of cases that they that they haven't had to work, they haven't had to, and so if you don't want to, you don't have to, and, and going to school, that's the other thing. If they can't go to school, they, we throw them out, but we don't look at what they're what they're going to end up like or in prison. Or or homeless, or they because they can't read and write, and they can't hold a job. We need to We read. I think we just, as a country, we need to fundamentally change a whole bunch of stuff that we are doing, um, that and, and including social services like marriage counseling, to keep families together, um, more more so, and and stuff like that. I'm I'm just speaking, so, so you guys can... <laughs> I I think there's a
0: lot of value to that. You know, I'm all for uh, what Germany and Israel and uh, Netherlands are doing. uh, Because, you know, out of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I wanted to play my horn. Is that a realistic expectation to play tuba for a living? No, that's not a reasonable explanation. And can I go to school for that? Oh, I went to school. I couldn't afford it, but I went anyway. But it takes time to figure out what it is to be an adult versus what it is to be in a kid because we all have things we like to do, but can you actually make a living at those? America says you can do anything you want. You just have to work hard enough. And mm, that's not not quite true, is it? Eric, when I was
2: young, the Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Whatever I saw on TV that would play back in my head. And it's like a kid from a rich family. I want this for Christmas. I want that. You're expecting all of it. It was the harshness, the reality of life that showed me it doesn't always play that way.
0: See? And that's what's great about this program because you go be part of this program and you get some real life experience. So I'm all for it.
1: Exactly. And Kayla says, and by the way, Kayla, you have two kids, another one on the way. You're entitled. And don't you feel like you can't, you shouldn't be accepting it. But she says, No, I don't have statistics on it. I just know that we get a lot of food stamps, other people paying a lot on taxes. It goes to welfare. And sadly, a lot of people fake on getting free food and medical. I'm on the sidelines of the crossroads even on even accepting the help. I think you need to accept the help so that your family can stay whole. But I'm going to eat beef jerky now and make my mouth quiet. We we touched a nerve on
2: on, on Kayla and enjoy, I enjoy
0: and get those use those food stamps. That's what they're meant for. It's meant for the people Kayla's wonderful. Them. She gives a That's lot of
2: salt of good seasoning for our shelves. And, and
0: I think the people that do take advantage of it are far fewer than the people like you that are out there doing it honestly and for good purpose. Because we know You're going to pass on good things to your kids, and they're going to be a crucial part of the world that they have to live in when they're adults. And that's why these programs exist, because we want people to contribute to the world. And, yeah, there is a percentage of people out there, but it's a very small percentage. I'm willing to go out there and say that it's less than 3% of the people out there. And, again, that doesn't mean it's just homeless people. We've got wealthy people taking advantage of all kinds of people it's through the whole course of society. So we shouldn't feel bad about it. Yes, sir.
2: Eric, when you said wealthy people getting a good handout, I volunteer for seniors, and there are senior homes for low income where some of the rich ones got in through a loophole and they're hiding the stash. Oh, yeah. And where's the Rolls Royce? Oh, they got it made, they don't mind living there at all.
0: Yeah, you know, and or like uh, like, my my point was really around the wealthy people. The reason why they got to be million and billionaires is because there was a little bit something shady about them. You know, they usually the they usually yes, uh, they they cheat people out of things. They say this is what you're going to get, but uh, actually, what you do get is something quite different. This is a you know part of the American uh, aggressiveness in our our uh, search for the best economics, getting the most bang for our buck, our buck, Not the company's buck. Yeah, so we're competitive by nature, and it's going to bite us in the ass.
1: It already has. I'm yeah. afraid it already has. And the problem is, is that if we, we, we have got to, and it's up to up to our generation because we we've, we've kind of screwed it up. Um, but we've we really do need to make some monumental changes in our society and how we run things. Uh, But in order for us to do any of that, um, and Kayla's right in when she said that we have to realize that we're all in this together and we have to work together on it because, you know, um, people get, um, in in 2000, we actually had a surplus. Yeah, I remember that. You know what we did with that surplus?
0: (coughs) I don't know exactly.
1: Well, when George W. Bush came in, they immediately passed a tax cut. That's right. And then, then we went to war in Afghanistan. We went to a war in Iraq, and we did not make an adjustment. In World War II, they sold bonds. Um, there were bond drives to get people to contribute to the war effort. There were people that, that uh, women went to work and and tried to stay home and do their stuff. So, so we we have. You know, and, and that's, that's the other thing. We've gone to war with people, and it's been painless for 99.8% of us because we don't have a draft. So only a certain number of people actually ever fought those wars.
2: Matt? Where I live, we have what I consider a classy food bank, and we love to give to this food bank a lot. And it's well organized how the cars come in one at a time, and it's, it's set up very well. But I enjoy that type of thing. And then when I can, I'd like to take a senior, not just to their medical, get them out to a, a meal. They're thrilled just to go to Jack in the Box, to have a good American hamburger and listen to that old music from the 60s. There's right a there. number of
0: great, uh, great places for people experiencing hopelessness, or if you're at risk. There's a
2: crisis clinic,
0: housing and essential needs, which is uh, called HEN, H-E-N for housing and essential needs if you have zero income and have a disability this program can assist with rent and utility service transportation needs hygiene and cleaning supplies thank God and more Uh, the urban rest stop this is an interesting place it provides pretty much the same it's a welcoming facilities where individuals and families experiencing homelessness can come and use the restrooms because God there is not enough restrooms out there Uh, laundry facilities and. Uh, and take a shower uh, health care um, for homeless yes sir
1: well we're, we're gonna need to interrupt this uh conversation because we have somebody that we are going to introduce to our audience right now and she just checked in with us <laughs> she's she's wondering what in the heck is going on because she can hear us but she doesn't know that she's going to be on but but uh, we're um her name is gail Marts, and uh and she's got an incredible story and uh, we're going to introduce her right now. Well, wait a minute. She just no. Oh, there she is. She's still there. I'm, I'm with you. There. Hey she, guys. Hi, Gail.
3: Hey, That's, good
0: to man, see you.
1: Good to see you, Gail. This is this is called the Lunch Club, and uh, it's it's and we would like to welcome you because you're going to set us straight for on on a lot of stuff. I think.
3: Yes, I'm so happy to be here with all of you. <laughs> I had like three other computers that weren't working properly, but I want to make sure that we're, are you okay with everything now or you need a little more light?
1: No, you're good. Look I mean, good, good. Okay, nice well let's,
3: let's stay, let's stay together. And you have Eric and Matt and Kevin. Hi guys.
0: Hello, Gail. Hello.
1: How you doing? It's, it's great to have you here. I'm excited that uh, you're here. Matt is my, uh, um, is our resident author. He's written nine books, and uh, and Eric is um, the co-host of, uh, of Positive Talk and uh, um, and works greatly with us. And uh, so we're all here to bother you, and I hope you don't mind. But
3: No, you're not bothering me. I think it's so good because we get to be together. We have a lot of things to be entertaining, to tell people about. And look at you in beautiful Seattle. That is gorgeous it looks well, just man. like
0: that today yeah i
3: see those <laughs> mountains i see
0: those
3: <laughs> It does. It's, it's a gorgeous day oh anyway, yes
1: great day now, now gail um and i was reading your bio and at one point in time you were not doing particularly well and we've been talking about homelessness for the last hour and that kind of we did that uh, kind of with a purpose too because we knew that you were coming on and you've got a wonderful success story but let's talk about the not so successful parts to begin with.
3: I think it's, it's very good that people can know that you can have no home, no money, no job, but you can rise above. And I think what it's important is to be able to inspire and motivate people because look at this time that we're in, or we've been in for quite some time now. And, and I keep reading all the stories, seeing all the stories, you know, I don't have to watch the news anymore because we know what's going on out there, but I did have no home and I didn't have a, money and I didn't have a job. How could I have any of those? I didn't have any of those things. So it was uh, it was a tragedy that started and, and then changed my life completely. But on the positive side, it changed my life to really do what I was meant to do in my life. So I think when we deal with positivity, on how we look at things, you can be in a situation and then it's like, well, what can I do to make it better? What can I do that would really be something that could, in my philosophy, help the world to be a better place? So I was uh, grateful that I had a dog. Her name was Sherpa. And sure, but the dog, no, but really, the dogs changed so many people's life. I happen to have one here, another in the other room. and and they just give you that unconditional love. And that was what I really needed then. And then I discovered that there was this huge void in the marketplace. So if you wanted to travel with your pet, Or have safety at home, which is very important now. I also want to get into that. But I began with the um, Sherpa bag named after, of course, Sherpa the dog. (laughs) And I went to uh, the airline industry, each airline individually, because they had a policy, no pets on board. And I thought, well, that that doesn't really make sense because the customers have pets. And and if we could set up a way to change the policy, and and that was what I set out to do, was change the policy on board the major airlines. So So that was my first big uh, achievement, I would say.
0: More than just pet, more than just uh, needed companion animals?
3: Well, I think the companion animal is the most important thing you could have. I, I mean, I really feel that way for all ages because they give you that unconditional love. And, you know, they're always uh supportive and just loving. So, so
0: But the like the disabled, what do they call those? Um people that oh, the, the, the
3: well service the, dogs. Yeah, we have the service dogs.
0: Service dogs.
3: And the service dogs, uh, that's okay. You know, we can keep, you know, we help each other with words and sentences in like if one <laughs> You're gonna be sentence, busy with that. The other one <laughs> for the other one. You know, just put the words in my mouth. No, but the service dogs I had done uh after I came up with this great idea, but then it was like, okay. I'm in New York city and uh, how, how am I going to let people know about this great idea? You know, so I was in the best place that I could ever be was New York city at the time. And so uh, I did conferences. So the one that you're speaking about, it was the Delta society, which changed to pet partners and they are the ones uh and, and there's so many other ones now that really help people to know that there is a dog that can help you with your limitations of, let's say, people that uh, somebody who was next to me had, um, had you know, all different types of conditions and the dog alerts them to when they're going to have a seizure like an epileptic seizure the dog knows i mean their senses go ahead
2: a friend of mine who had a service dog she said watch she laid down flat on the floor and the dog took the pills out of her pen pocket and put it in her mouth
3: oh yeah that you know it's a it's so amazing what these dogs, I mean, how far do we go back from centuries? Didn't it all begin with the wolves that turned into the dogs and, you know, from way back centuries and centuries ago. And in the 33 years that I've been uh, focused on what I've been doing with the, the company, it's more awareness, more education, more pets shows And more things that are out there so people can be aware that, uh, okay, if we have a dog, uh, they've saved us from so many tragedies, so many different things. And then, of course, with the unconditional love, they're loving.
0: By nature, yeah.
1: Gail, i got to ask you a question. Okay. In the first hour, we were talking a great deal about Uh, people that are homeless and they don't have an education and they don't have any food and they don't have a place to be and, and stuff. And you were all of those things. Where, where was it? Where did you get the intestinal fortitude? Where did you get the, the, the gumption to get up and say, no, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to make something of myself. Give us some advice for some of our listeners who may be stuck in that place, how to get out of it.
3: Yes. Well, first thing at one point, I laid down on the bed or lied down on the bed or laid down uh, and I started crying. I said, what am I doing this for? This is absolutely no good. It ruins my makeup and I'm not getting anything." Get up, get up and get out and 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 see what you can do. And then I gathered, you know, like information. And then I I looked at. you know the, the pet stores and other places we didn't have the internet you know I'm I'm dating myself but I am dating myself but we really didn't have all the tools that we have today where all I have to do is just ask Siri Alexa any of these things and I find out so many things that I didn't know but back then we didn't have that so I had um you know, started with the the idea. And I I also have to mention, I had the best partner in the world, my mother, who was uh, totally supportive, believed in me. And uh, actually, she didn't get a salary. That was something else, too. So we didn't get, you know, we didn't make money. We were building a business to help other people. So that's the main goal.
1: And you built that business into an incredible business, haven't you?
3: Uh, Yes, into a global brand. It was the number one. And then because I thank you so because it is global animals are all over the world. But we have to teach people and show people what you can do with them. And, And I think, you know, now in this. Uh, state of the world that we're living in now i'm in california well we had all the fires so i had donated a major amount of sherpa bags to uh help with the animals to get them out safely and uh transported out of those fires that were just raging all over california so I was um, doing things at the time that I thought would need education and fortunately by living in New York I had so many people that were in in the, the press and the media and television and they had dogs and they didn't know about this so that was my best way to get the word out was that way and all the tedious little things that you must do but they're big things but at that time we used mail. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like oh okay, <laughs> Wait, do we ever think about using mail anymore? Well, yeah, but it's all on the computers. So but there was the mailboxes and sending out you know 10,000 of these letters to go out to you know to veterinarians, to groomers, to people that were in that industry. I'm on your
0: site now. I have one of yours.
3: Oh. by the way. A and sugar used, bag?
0: Yeah, mine's in red, by the way, for my cat. And
3: um, I love it. That's yeah, my favorite.
0: She she doesn't mind getting into it, uh, which surprised me. She doesn't mind at all, even though whenever I put her in it, she knows where she's going.
3: But and she, but it, you know what I suggest? This is what I tell everyone. That bag must sit out on the floor. So it becomes a home within a home. We really need to do that now. And it's not to be used just for the vet. So like I say to women, but, you know, I could say it to men now too. uh, How many purses do you have? how many wallets do you have? How many belts do you have? I mean, it is no big deal. You could buy uh, two Sherpa bags, one that goes to the vet and another that she just gets to, they love to to stay in the bag because it's a den environment for them.
0: Cats love boxes.
3: Yeah, they Mm -hmm. really do. And they, they go into closets, they go into hiding places and, uh, you can see them. Uh, I love that you told me the story that you have the red Sherpa bag, but I want it out on the floor so she doesn't just associate it with, oh, gosh, I have to go to the vet. I'm going to get you know a shot or I'm going to get this or blood or something. It's, like, I re- it's not a big deal to have two bags. And then one is for the – but they can use that also because when you're in a car, how are you driving with the cat?
0: In the bag earplugs yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well because she knows she's going to the vet so she's screaming and is really not very happy with you at the moment what's worse so, she looks
0: at she gives me a funny look every time i leave the house why do you like that she thinks i'm going to the vet and getting something you know stuck
3: so that's why the association that she could do other things in the bag. I have uh, someone that recently was just uh, given uh, two bags for their cats. And she said the cats won't leave them alone, at the bags. And they're in the bags and rolling around and being happy in the home. So I really Aww. want to deal, you know, traveling with the airlines, it's like, you know, I, I mean, do you really want to get on an airplane right now? Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, but yeah. you could, but by car, far more people are traveling by car. Far more people are in the home. So in the home is where the bag stays open. It's associated with a pleasant experience. And their toys, catnip, things like that, stay in that bag. She doesn't have to go to the vet in that bag.
0: That's a good I'm. Thank you for that.
3: No, you're I, absolutely I, you're I, right. I'm going to send you another bag. It's a new bag. And then you're going to, uh, what color is the cat?
0: She's black. She oh, black. it's
3: great. I have the perfect bag. Also, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I really will. Because there's a bag, you know, it's like, uh, okay, well on the airlines, depending, you know, if the guy was going, we don't, I'm not even going to Europe right now, but you know, I have their toys, the blankets, the things, uh, and for the the, of them. But when you're at home, that bag or the one I'm going to send you will be where I want to have some of the catnip. I want her, her toys, everything, and keep that bag there. That other Sherpa, the red one, can continue to go to the vet. She doesn't have to go that often, but I want her to have a new bag.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll make sure I do that. I'll put it out. I've got just a place for it yeah she likes to keep an eye on me everything i do she's watching
3: oh yes absolutely she's right there and the cats there that's like 50 percent of the customers so i started with sherpa the dog but the customers were the cats uh as well and the cats love the bag
1: so so gail i want to ask you you are a uh business owner you are a uh philanthropist i can actually even say that word that's an entrepreneur and all that and now you are an author it's the book is entitled it's in the bag how to turn Great a time. passion into a business i'm particularly interested in that because in the podcasting world i'm working to make this a successful business that can be heard by a lot of people in a very positive way and and uh, so i need your advice so so tell me, tell us about the book you've written.
3: Well, I felt uh, that double entendre, because you think it's in the bag. I mean, how many deals, things, did you think were in the bag? <laughs> That's like, you know, three quarters of the book. And then uh, the other, and, the, and then they don't happen, you know, but then they weren't meant to happen. Then we have, it's in the bag, is the real story of Sherpa, and how did that all begin? So when you have an idea, of course, as I say to everyone, totally immerse yourself and research the marketplace, which is so much easier, as I said prior just, I have, what do I have? Three computers. I probably have three computers sitting here. And then I have, you know, my iPhone sitting here with me. It's like all the technology. Well, that's the inventions of today is technology because we can do, look what we can do. We're all together in uh, San Clemente, California, Seattle. Matt, Eric, are you?
2: Seattle area.
0: Yeah, Burien. Just outside Seattle
3: it's beautiful there and the leaves are changing and it's very pretty and we're having well we were having big surf but uh, but anyway so it's it, it just is where you are so you you research the market find the void and then if we can do something that helps to make a difference in others life, I feel that's very important. So that was why I felt, you know, that unconditional loving dog. They really want to be with you. And people really want to be with their dog or cat. I don't, we don't have to just say dog because half are cats. So, but they, you know, they don't have to travel anywhere, but that bag needs to be there. I want to talk about safety at home and what's going on in the world right now and you know uh it's it's where you have safety at home so when i was living in new york we had 9 11. well what did i do i'm on the 20th wow. floor and uh i had two bags at the door you know like the first day was i mean i don't have to tell you about that but then we, we just didn't know what was going to happen so i want everyone to be prepared in their life you're not going to have a nine eleven. But you could have a fire and you could have the floods and you could have, well, here, I think we had, maybe it was just a little 4.6 earthquake or, you know, they keep talking about the big one, but whatever it is, be prepared and then have that bag in your home just for them to associate with a pleasant experience. And if your cat wanted to just go for a drive to get it out of thinking it's going to go to the veterinarian take it someplace you know where it's going to enjoy going although most cats really do want to stay at home i think right
0: she likes you know she travels better than a lot of cats i've taken her to a few people's homes that you know taking care of a buddy's house while they're doing something you know and she'll go with me yeah she's pretty good about that and she doesn't mind Riding in a car, because I have an electric car that's quiet, so it doesn't make oh, all that noise. Oh, you got
3: noise. that. I'm hearing about that Tesla and all of those big sales and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I've got a Fiat 500, which is a whole other subject. It's it's a good electric car. It's it cool really car. is. I, yeah. I just
3: saw that the other day. It's beautiful. So she can ride in the car with you. It's yes. charged and electric in her bag. You see, you always, we want to make sure that the people do not let, and and you know, they do this all the time. I see it all the time. They keep the dog's head hanging out the window, which is so dangerous because there's all of that debris flying through the air. I've seen a dog fall out of a car, you know, yeah. when they turn the corner. And, and it's just not the thing to do. And then if a cat or a dog is not in a carrier or any of the seat belts or all of the things that are on the market now, they become the projectile and they're, you know, so we want to talk about safety as well in the car. Very important.
0: That is important. You've got so many products here. You've got some terrific products. Uh, uh, leashes and collars and even a, a gizmo that hooks up to a bike which i think is brilliant so the dog can run next to the bicycle that's uh going for a ride
1: i had one of those Did and you? Was, yeah oh yeah my i had a uh um, um australian shepherd labrador mixed he loved he loved to go for a bike ride and he would right? just run alongside and and he yeah. would It was awesome it was just awesome i have
2: gotta ask this question gail do you have any that are somewhat like a backpack? We see yes. people with them with children. She does. She does. Do you have yes. a backpack concept yeah. where yeah. a person can walk around town and they have their their pet back there? Mm-hmm.
3: I, I, actually, I I did have. There's other people that do the manufacturing that also have a backpack because the backpack was really the backpack that I had designed was the most versatile because it was a backpack, a shoulder bag, a handbag. And then, I, you know, every product I do, you know, I say it's a purse for your pet. Or it's, I mean, for women, you know, it's like a, it's an easy thing to do. For men, it's just, a, it's a smart looking bag. And it gives them all the ventilation and the safety and everything that they need to be comfortable and safe.
2: Why?
0: it's good stuff it's very good stuff because i i've told my cat as she's trying to you know hold on to my leg as i head out the door if you want to go i'll take you you know we'll sit down at the restaurant enjoy the view but somehow i think some point when i walk into that restaurant she's not going to be as happy with me as when we leave the house
3: well you never know you know it's like i have the little where, where did she go? Oh, I have to show you. You know, I can't help myself. It's good.
0: You want to see. I would. Lo- I would love to see. Uh, Cat's. Oh, look at
3: that. Okay. This now, wherever I am, Coco is. Let me see. I Coco. think I should be right here. Wherever I am, Coco is. And so uh, I have a little bed here. If I'm in the other room, she is with me every second of the day. So she can say hello.
1: Uh,
0: is she named after Coco Chanel?
3: No, no. no I spelled it. The
0: hair. No.
3: no, I spelled it K-O, Capital K-O, because I have Cartu, uh, who's 15 now and is uh I think she's taking a nap in the closet. She said, I'm, you know, I've done so many interviews, I'm really not <laughs> i'm really not interested and then coco was saying you know maybe she would put on her halloween costume but then we thought no let's just stick with business now
1: <laughs> so that that dog if you were to suddenly uh, go someplace without your without coco then you wouldn't know what to do
3: i i I will not do that because I. she has become a part of me. She is a part of me. And so here she is. So, but I'm gonna put her back on her. Just, she, she's right here, right beside this desk. Uh, no, I. we are totally connected. Uh, she's a part of me and they become a part of you. And so, what can we do to make their life better? And I have to, you know, when when I got her, when she was five months—no, no, she wasn't. She was maybe ten weeks old. But you know, to teach them not to bark, not to chew and destroy the wood or the shoes or the I mean a dog is a cat isn't going to do that because you have don't you have the cat trees or any of those toys and things right
0: oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. I, got a nice yeah
3: night. I mean there's so many things that are wonderful and if, if you don't know what it is just check online it'll be something that you have to have
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's no shortage of that no, I, yeah,
3: not anymore.
0: What is what is the pet industry? It's over a billion dollars a year now, isn't it?
3: Oh, yes. Oh, it's it's huge. Now, during this uh, pandemic of everything that everybody's been going through, it became more important and more dogs were adopted. All of the shelters were cleaned out people finally got to be you know life changed so we take let's take the positive again life <clears throat> changed for the better for so many people and so then and animals because the animals then the shelters emptied out and the animals were able to have a home and then the the workplace environment changed as well all over where people could work remotely. And you, and you saw like, let's just say on the TV shows, they did the TV shows when they couldn't get to the studio, it was all on zoom. So with technology, uh, the technology we have, you can do so many things.
1: Well, and, and uh, as a matter of fact, we have a, uh, another radio show that we're doing after this on KKNW 1150 a.m. And I'm doing it from my home in SeaTac. He's doing it from his home in Burien. And um, it sounds just like we're there.
3: Exactly. Which it's it's really the perfect, you know, it's like I'm, I would have been over in a more professional room, but I have offices all over the place oh, that, that I can mm. work from. And I think our connection is good if it's okay with you.
1: Oh, it's perfect. It's terrific. Oh, okay. It's that's terrific.
3: great. I mean, just to see where you're sitting and the wallpaper behind you and the street. Oh, no, that's my
0: house. I'm, I'm finicky. I get tired of furniture real quick. So I can erase this and just put in what I want. If I want a sofa, I can just paint a sofa. When I get tired of that, I can do a Louis Fourteenth. you know. I Love I'm, it. Yeah, I really fair.
3: love that. We, we can keep changing.
0: Yeah. I'm on your website, Gail Martz. Looks like you worked with TWA, so that's how you got the idea for the for the air.
3: Well, Your I mind. did. Uh, yes, when I was twenty years old, I had wanderlust, and the best way for me to travel was to. Uh, well, I was uh, hired by TWA, Trans World Airlines. That you know, it's a thing of the past, but at that time. It was fabulous because then I lived in New York and I could fly to Paris and fly to the all the fashion capitals of mm. Europe. It was exciting, very exciting.
0: I'm looking, you're at that TWA Hotel Lounge. That is an uh, incredible oh, piece of architecture. They,
3: they changed okay, so that was our terminal from well when I began, but you know, way before when it started. It was a beautiful terminal. But then it was turned into a hotel, which is great because you're right there and you want to catch a flight, you're right at the terminal. It's so much easier. It's a lovely hotel. I hope they
0: kept it the same, I mean, as much as it could. That is gorgeous.
3: No, it really really was a wonderful – well, we had uh, a big celebration. So there were so many people – and then we, I think we had three days that we were all together and it was just fabulous because you might not have seen these people for the period of time. And then all of a sudden, there you are together. And, and, and I think flight attendants, when we talk about a smile and a personality and positive, I—you uh, know it's a good group of women. And, and they're business women as well. So whatever they've chosen to do.
0: That's some good customer service. And I love your book covers. It's oh, the in the cat bag. And
3: the dog. The, yeah.
0: That's a beautiful tale, and no pets left
3: behind. Oh yeah. No pets, le- because they shouldn't have to leave a pet behind. You do, you really don't have to leave a pet behind now and then figure out a way to go. Like I'm thinking, Oh, okay. Well, you don't have to go on an airplane, but you could go on a car. Why can't you go in a car like I did? And you know, we have so much beauty here in the United States. There's so many places to go uh, in a car. Or let's just say you want to walk uh, wherever you want to walk to. Of course, you could do that as well, depending on where you're living.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that you've got absorbent liners in there, a health certificate. That's a good idea. I never would have thought of that.
3: Now, people must know that. That's so important because I was just reading something that I had to, cor- I'm going to correct with that person. Within 10 days of a flight, you must take the pet to the vet and get a health certificate. That was always the way that it was uh, so that you can show that uh, to them. And then you really want to have it because there are times that I have been overseas or somewhere else and and. I've had the dog get sick, and uh, you need to have everything that you need to have. So you keep all of your pet records with you when you're traveling.
0: So they don't have to go into quarantine when you travel internationally?
3: No. No, not to. Well, right now, I I don't want to go into all the different things of quarantine that they have within each country. Every night I have a coronavirus briefing with my best friend. (laughs) And we'd, we'd look at all over the world to see, oh, this country is purple. They're not doing well at all. Oh, OK, Mongolia is purple, but the United States was purple. You know, we didn't do a good job with uh, what with, we we haven't done a good job. I I just hate to say that, but we didn't. So. <laughs> We want Good to keep much. people. We want to keep people safe. And one of the uh, people I had worked with, IATA, is the International Air Transportation Association, and he was the president. And so I had said about my flight coming back from New York, and he said, "I'd rather be on a plane full of dogs than unvaccinated people, because <laughs> you know it's like we know how dogs are." and and if if you just want to be safe and and concerned for the people around you you have to be
1: by the way have you ever counted up how many countries that you have been to
3: probably be easier to say how many you
1: haven't been to
3: yeah the few that i haven't been to which is australia you know that i will at some point but not now i think with the way that the i have never Ever stayed in my home ever this long, uh, at all? I mean, how it, long has it been? Well, well, okay. I came back December nineteenth, two thousand and nineteen, and then in March the pandemic hit so well no but i you know i do a little bit of traveling but i was always over in europe uh with sherpa international and doing the shows over there there's a show that's going to be happening now in bologna but because of what's going on in the airline industry and in the world i don't really want to put myself out in the world yet no i agree
1: oh yes absolutely no you're, you're the best thing for you to do is to just I'll lay low. And I, heck, I even have my groceries delivered um, because I don't want exactly. to go.
3: Exactly. Yeah. We don't want to do those things. And we don't have to. I mean, Amazon, go ahead.
2: We were talking about the hidden benefits with this virus going around. In case in point, the animal shelters. It'd be wonderful to only see just one left, and that's waiting for you to take home families have reunited somewhat they are home and they're playing catch up with one another and they might yeah. have the fireplace going
3: yeah it's really i mean i think there's been i mean when we look at the people that uh 700,000 that left uh
2: for another place
3: uh you know i mean it's unfortunate those those are the uh things that are not uh We have to learn from everything, you know, because we're learning all new ways to deal with things now. And then what do you do when you don't know what you're going to do? You know, what do you do? And so and and it did bring so many people closer. And then, as you said, with the animals, it's like if how how grateful and thankful to be able to have the animals in the home.
2: I watched my share of religious talk shows and they are talking about the crises we are having of people who are now more than ever depressed and lonely because they're not out the circulation. You have a good remedy there, Gail.
3: Get a dog, get a cat. Or a
2: cat, yes.
3: No, get a dog, get a cat, because really it's like, it's a being and that being, they don't live so long, but they're, <clears throat> We'll have to get another one. I mean, it just is how, what we have to do.
1: So I use that same that same saying, but it's a little bit different. Don't get a wife, get a dog. They're always happy to see you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, do whatever you like to do. You can have both, too. But no, but they always are. You know, it really, there's not a time that they are not happy to see you.
2: Exactly. I,
3: and a cat
2: unconditional
3: totally all the time so there's only one bad thing uh is that dogs don't live long enough and we know that so but i'm I'm working on uh, those things so we'll hope to increase the length of the longevity
1: good for you that that is something that i believe everybody can buy into
3: yeah
1: increase the lifespan of our friends because i put a couple of i've lost a couple of them and it is heartbreaking when you lose.
3: Devastatingly. It is devastatingly. Remember the family. They, they, they are a part of the family. And so what I say to people as well, because you know, you can go on to that. Oh, God, you know, this, this nightmare because it's so horrible. But then you have to switch it to the gratitude and all of the moments and the things that you shared with that four-legged companion that were just really life-changing and wonderful and, and beneficial to your life and to their life. So there's always another one waiting for you.
0: I've got to ask with all of your markets, I mean, you named, um, you named a couple of European countries. And of course, I assume you're in Canada and Mexico. Uh, and you mentioned you designed one of the. You, you did some designing. How do you how do you uh, go about the design process? Because I imagine you these simulate some form of luggage. Is that what you keep in mind when you design these uh, to work with other people's luggage uh, uh, that they're purchasing? Are you going uh, what, what fashion base are you working with when you design a product?
3: Well, I always stayed when I did do that part. I always, because I was in Paris and Milan and, uh, you know, the fashion capitals, and then seeing what was happening in fashion. And it's not to copy. It's to do something your own way, but make it better. So let's just say at the time there was a gym bag. Like some people would go to the gym and then they'd have one of these bags, which wasn't what I... Uh, wanted it to be like but it's like I wanted something that it was easy for me to know I need to be able to give them the ventilation the ways to get into the bag have like I did like where I would like them to enter through the front of the bag and then I have a top zipper so you can reach in and comfort them because when you're on a flight you should never have that dog or cat ever out of the bag; they stay in the bag.
0: So you actually designed from the standpoint of using it, filling his yeah. because these look very fashionable. Uh, the well, ones I'm looking at are basic colors. You know, uh, there isn't anything that would be stick out in any collection that I can think of.
3: Well, uh, I have so many from all the years. I mean, this is why I, I call this my warehouse to the world. And I have so many, I have all the bags that I did from when I started because I would do it season by season. So, but still the most popular all over the world is the original black Sherpa bag. And that was the one I started with. I ordered, uh, I came up with the idea and I took a picture of Sherpa, my dog, you know, posed with the bag. And uh, and then it went all over the world. And then that is the most popular bag all over the world. Original Sherpa in black because black is
0: basic. Black works.
3: Yeah, it really does. But I had collections uh, where I I had the uh, you know the every every collection depending on what the fashion was, what the fabric was what the prints were, but I stayed with the construction. You know, I, later I made, I think I made the bag that I felt was perfect was the legacy pet carrier, the Sherpa. I, I'm sending it to you. Uh, you. So, no, because it was perfect because you need to have all the ventilation then you have to have the pockets and you don't really ever have to announce that you have a pet in the bag. So I always like low profile bags.
1: Uh, that's a really good idea now how many pounds of dog or cat or elephant or whatever can you put in one of these bags if you're going to go traveling how is there a, a limit to what they'll allow you to bring into the cabin
3: well if we talk about our limited most limited which is the airline industry Uh, you are so limited now in the airline industry and uh, there's no dog and cat in business on many airlines. And then there can only be this many dogs. And so you must always make a reservation for your pet prior and then you will pay a fee. So when I started, I wrote, uh, I had what was attached to each bag uh, travel tips from my perspective on traveling. And then Sherpa wrote Travel Tales, T-A-I-L-S, from her <laughs> perspective, where <laughs> it was like, you know, you had to pay $45 to get on a, a plane then. Now I think it was 125 you know, just from New York to California. <laughs> But it's like the the bag goes like underneath the seat in front of you, where you know that's like uh, that's where the dog goes underneath or cat underneath the seat in front of you, and that's where they stay. They must stay there. The bag must be zipped up because there have been times I've heard about those as well where they are able to unzip the bag and and then they can run around. So you'd be be very mindful of what's happening.
0: And you have both steaks
3: on a plane, that kind of thing. Oh, snakes! <laughs> nice. I mean, there's been every everything has traveled. I have pictures of every Sorry. animal in a Sherpa bag. I mean, no I have the lion, you know. But it was the the, the baby. uh with what, 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 what are they? When they're the littlest cub. lion a cub? Yeah, all oh, the cub. Thank, thank goodness. I, and and snakes and iguanas and birds i mean everything went in a sherpa bag it really did they all go into the sherpa bag so uh, it is the way i mean turtles you know whatever it is it's like there's this
0: there's this guy in florida that recently got his alligator uh, qualified as an emotional support animal (laughs) (laughs) really something about Personal space. He needs personal space, so he keeps an alligator with him.
3: Well, but the thing (laughs) is, you see, that emotional support animal was so abused, they completely, it changed and stopped everything. You know, they had the horse, the pig, the every single thing. Oh, the peacock. That was a great thing, too. I remember that. No, 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 but they abused every single thing, so then the airlines totally cut back because you know why should we deal with the peacock the pig the horse and this when it doesn't work on a plane it's not right
0: no no i'm with you man
3: yeah it's not right so but the but so the emotional support has come and gone it has not you can't get on a plane and say it's emotional support because you don't get anything with that you get nothing special they can be emotionally supportive to you but it's not going to change
0: you don't get a teddy bear anymore huh?
3: Well, you can have it, but you can't get the anything at all regarding emotional support. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. They're not recognized. Wow. It, it really changed so much. And then, you know, it's like we have the people that really need the animals, the service dogs. And when people abuse something, which is what they did, and here we are now. So what will happen next? So we have to keep working with what you do, which is great, getting the word out motivating inspiring and entertaining people on how they can do things that can help to make the world a better place in in what you love to do you know so mine is i i love bags of course but i love the animals uh so much
1: well if we were looking at the bags on your website and those things would be great just to put uh, clothes and stuff in yeah that's what
3: you can do you really can do that i've already told i mean that website is so old. I mean, it doesn't have like, I haven't done like the things that I used to do because I had so many different collections, always fashion forward uh, bags that were on the website. But I think mainly now it's, I wanna stay with the education, the motivation and the book, as you said. So it's in the bag, had a purpose. If it can inspire and motivate one person, but I expect a lot more than that, and 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 show people that, well, if you do have no home and no money and no job, as, as my mother would say, get off the pity pot. You know, don't sit around, get off that, you know, because it doesn't do you any good. And if you say you're working, well, everybody's working. So what's new about that? So... She was the best partner I could I like your mom. Have. I like your mom. Oh, you would love her. She was really great. And she was at every show with me, as was Sherpa the dog, and that's how it all began. So the shows in the U.S. and then in Europe and everywhere.
2: Gail, how many people wanted to pose with Sherpa? <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, the, yes, uh, that that's that's really true. You know, because they want, like, it, let's just take the little cocoa here. When they can hold the dog to their chest, it's the, the warmth of the love that comes through to them. I was at the uh, my back doctor the other day, and then I was taken in to meet the president of the uh, spine and health center. And, uh, and she was French. So I have all my reports and things that are in French as well. And, but I was taken into her and then uh, to show her Coco. But it was done nonchalantly. And then when she saw Coco, it was yeah. like, oh. And, and then she held, she held her. And you see, it changes. Because there you have that feeling. And it just changes. It's like a fix. You get a fix of love, and that's what
1: they give you. That is so true. I'm so happy that, you're, that you thought of the idea, and then had the wherewithal. And thanks a lot to your mother uh, of making it all happen for you. Because you've 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 had quite a life. It, it's. Do you ever look back and say, "Gee, I've had quite a life."
3: Well, uh, as we said last night, we've really lived life. You know, I think because when I started with the airlines at 20, you you can't do things like that uh, with the airlines now, as we did then. That was when the 747 had just come out. People were afraid of it. They didn't want to fly it. So you'd be on these 747s. Forty sevens that were empty and you'd go to wherever it was if it was saudi arabia or i had really very exciting life experiences that i learned so much from amazing didn't
1: the 747 when it came out i seem to remember that the flight attendant crew was like eight something like that and how many how many crew members were on a typical flight
3: No, I think you would have four, because you had all the doors. So you had to have two people at each door. So we had the L1, L1, R1, you know, so you had the left. I mean, because it all went by seniority. Now, I was never senior. So no matter whatever would be happening at the time, let's say the terrorist attacks in Paris, oh, okay, well, then I could hold Paris because the senior people didn't want to go because the terrorists were attacking Paris at the time. So whatever was happening, I didn't have the seniority ever uh, for different flights, but different things would happen. And uh, But the flight attendants, usually on a 747, on most of the seats, you have two. So you'd have four in first class, and then you go to the business and then see... D and E zone. I mean, they were huge. But they have bigger planes. I mean, now they've got these these massive uh, planes that they're using. But it's not the same. You don't have the same first class service. You don't have (coughs) everything has changed, but
0: I think the 747s were the first ones designed by computer solely.
3: Well, I didn't know that. You mean but, but the Boeing 747, right? Yeah. Yeah, all
0: well, by a computer. That was the first plane, commercial <laughs> plane,
3: fully and it designed really by did computer. Very well, I mean, yeah. as you know, as as did all the other uh, different planes and helicopters and things that they fly now. Yeah. So uh, it's it's important. So flying. So let's start. Flying is number one, but it's the smallest amount of people and pets on planes. But yes, you can do that. Make a reservation. You pay the fee, and then the next thing is cars. Which many people travel by car, and then the next is safety at home, which I recommend everybody has a Sherpa bag in their home, and it doesn't have to be for uh, you know for a 9/11 or a fire or something else, but there are emergencies that happen, and you want to be prepared for everything, and and the Sherpa bag does that—a home within a home.
0: Right, right. We get power outages uh, in this neighborhood, and yes. uh, they can last for days, you know, and, and in winter, I'm not so happy to leave the cat behind, you know, she'll be okay when the house is, you know, 60 degrees or something like that. I know she's okay. But if it's going to sit for a couple of days, at some point, it's going to be air temperature, and I'm not going to leave my cat behind. And
3: See, that's like it. That. We, yeah. And you yeah. shouldn't, you don't have to do mm-hmm. that. So therefore, I felt, you know, with the P and then it's making more people aware that they do have the opportunity and the option to be able to uh, train, associate with a pleasant experience. You know, put the catnip and the nice toys in the bag rather than just taking the pet to the vet in the bag, because then that association becomes like oh, I'm going to get those teeth pulled or these horrible, whatever they're going to do, it's going to hurt me. That goes to this bag. I don't want it like that. So you'll get a new bag.
0: Yeah, that's a good, thank you. I'm so excited about
2: that. Yeah, man. In regards to the bag, we were just talking about temperature. Do you have a form of insulation, say a blanket or something, where it's kind of warm in there for them? They like to have it around home. They get comfortable with it. They identify it with it when they're out of veterinarians. Does do you have that option where they're um quilted or something of that effect?
3: Well, I have the faux lambskin liner in the bag, but I always put uh, because you know, I have, what is she? she's three pounds, and the bag is like you know, you could be a 20 pound dog and get in this bag too. And actually, I have the cutest video of this little boy uh, who's two years old going in. Crawling, crawling in the bed. I mean, this just really—I love showing that video. It makes me laugh so much because he was trying to show the dog what he was training the dog. A
2: demonstration.
3: Yeah, it was a—it was a professional demonstration and. It really just makes me hysterical. (laughs) I watch it, I show it to people. I said, okay, this is, you know, the uh, beginning steps on training uh, your pet with positive experiences. (laughs) And he's calling out, (laughs) he's yelling the dog's name and he's doing all these things. It's really- It's wonderful. I show to everyone. Plus it makes me laugh and it makes me smile. And I think that's so important in life. Yes, do something positive. You yes. know, do something. But I say, if you do what you love in the places you love with the people and the pets that you love, that's my philosophy.
0: It's working for you. You've done so many things. Uh, you started a wonderful business. Absolutely wonderful. You know, it, it's, uh, I love seeing things that include your animals because we've talked about how important they are to us. And mm-hmm. I, I love the fact uh, that you're involved in the positive nature of it, making sure that uh, animal shelters get taken care of. And you've written books about these.
3: Yeah, so people learn because nobody even knew, again, when they, you know, like the internet or what you can do. So there's so many opportunities now to get the word out. And, yes, the book is important.
0: What's next for you?
3: To answer Matt's question. (laughs) Very good.
2: I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit. We have seen the flotation devices for dogs, and often the family – dog or cat gets to go on the family boat is there such a concept as a bag that would have enough flotation to it where they're going to be okay just a thought
3: no no it's no but it's a good thought that you should have but i don't want you leaving that dog alone in a situation on a boat where i mean it's like a child it it is yes I, i understand so you really have to be mindful of what you're exposing them to, and when things happen, because uh, we've seen the dogs that get rescued, and you know, it's re- I love to watch the stories when they're good and they help, uh, they help us, and then we can keep spreading that word around more.
2: That's excellent.
3: But there are boats. I could look and see. There's boats over there. And, uh, you know, some of them have dogs and some won't, but they, they will have a life preserver for the dog. That's fun. That's no, no, no. You have to protect you. safety. It's all about safety. Sure. And then comfort and then style.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course.
3: I mean, look what's behind you. It's style. And you're in the streets of, I mean, I don't know why there's no cars going by you, Matt, on that. Our- <laughs> <laughs>
2: i do several shows and one of them i'm called the man on the street and this is the background i use for it i usually have an ocean scene here a Jacques Cousteau effect
3: oh okay no but that it's really it's a beautiful street but nobody's there i think so you know what time it's great you haven't can-
2: been hit by a car yet <laughs>
3: Well, those, those, that's, You know, you always see those scooters and the bikes and the things that people have that are very dangerous. Kevin came back to us. Okay, Kevin. Welcome back, Kevin.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's my show, and I have to listen to it now because I've lost, you know, like 10 minutes of it. But oh, I okay. it went down For some reason. I don't know why.
3: Okay well well let's just hit your key point so it's in the bag is the book. My name is Gail Martz and I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to be able to speak with all of you really. I appreciate it.
1: Gail, I've got one last thing for you before we go and that is I'd like to give my guests and our guests and by the way these two I picked up at a homeless shelter earlier today so yeah. I'm doing my part of yeah. trying yes. Yeah. After
0: after my oatmeal, I agreed to (laughs) (laughs) come.
1: Exactly, but uh, I want to give you the opportunity to talk to our audience, those that are listening now, and those that are going to be listening later, to say anything you'd like to about how they can live their lives a little bit better.
3: Well, I I kind of said it a little bit, but I I do believe that you must do what you love. So when there's something that
1: I missed that part.
3: Oh, 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 maybe you did. Okay. I feel that for me, and it should apply to people. I always ask them, they say they don't know what to do. I said, What do you love? What is the one thing that you would love to do? And what is stopping you from doing it? So do what you love. And then we have the places that you love. Look where you are. And uh, with the people and the pets that you love. So I I want to have people you and you don't have to have the education I had. Well, I took many, many courses. I had organizational consultants. I had people that I worked with, but I had only gone to a city college. And then I had done so many courses here in Europe, all over the place, privately and with consultants so I could learn. But you just start where you start and believe in yourself.
1: It is awesome having you here. I really have appreciated the time we spent together, gentlemen. Do you have you, anything Gail. else you'd like to share with um, um, with, yeah. Gail with Gail? She goes.
2: It's been a pleasure, Gail. Sheba, thanks you too, Gail. We take our pets for granted because it's like mom's unconditional love. They were always there, and then one day they are gone. They're gone, and you have really put a spotlight in a. You hit home with this one.
3: Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, and we'll stay connected and keep doing great things. I hope so, Gail.
1: Yes, you. ma'am. You're you're welcome back on this show anytime you'd like.
3: Okay, stay safe, stay healthy. You
1: and too. You wait right here. I'm gonna do this, and then we'll be right back, and then we'll close the show.